Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a special episode of Ruby Rogues. This week, we're talking to two folks who we were talking before the call. They've actually both been at this company for a while, and I was sitting there thinking, wow, that's a long time. So we'll, we'll talk through that and kind of get the, the lowdown on it. But yeah, we're going to be talking about what makes it worth staying at a job or what you should be looking for in a job. We're talking to two folks from Doximity. We're talking to Sarah Reed. Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Hi, everybody. My name is Sarah, and I'm a senior software engineer and tech lead at Doximity. Awesome. We're also talking to somebody you've probably heard before, Valentino Stoll. Hey there, y'all. So, yeah. So do you both want to just tell us how long you've been at Doximity? Sure. I'll go first. So I've been at Doximity for three and a half years now, uh, going on four in June. Nice. Yeah. I've been here five years since the beginning of the year. So long time. Good deal. And it's it's interesting because I talk to people and they'll stick around at a job for a year or two. I know a few people have stuck around longer and it's usually either because they have stock options that they don't want to lose or they'll stick around because they're just too lazy to go look for something else. I've actually had people tell me that. Or it's a great place to work. It's usually one of those. And I'm sitting here going, okay, well, if you're not lazy, you're thinking about maybe wanting to leave your job, right? And you want to go somewhere where people are happy enough to stick around for five years or three years. How do you find it? And I will tell you this episode is a sponsored episode. And Doximity is sponsoring. They want to let you know that you can go to work at. That's two words put together. Work at .doximity.com. So if you're looking for a company to work at like that, you may as well check them out. The other thing is, is I also want to point out that uh, if you're even thinking about leaving your job, usually at the point where I'm starting to think about leaving, it's been time to leave. So I'm just putting that out there too. By the time I'm starting to identify the issues that are making me unhappy where I am, yeah, I should just start looking. But either way, if you're thinking about where you want to end up, uh, we're just going to talk through what it's like working at Doximity and what makes Valentino and Sarah happy there. And that way we can kind of frame this out so that even if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I don't know if I want to work for a company as big as or, you know, what whatever feature Do- Doximity kind of gets ruled out for you, you can look for these features. Uh, features at other companies, but I would definitely give them a look. I'm curious, you know, and either one of you can answer this, but what's the best part of working at Doximity? I'll let you have it, sir. There's a lot of good things. <laughs> I'll talk about one of the uh, one of the things that came up when Valentino and I were talking about what do we want to talk about here, and that's the I think a very rewarding feature of just how we structure our work. So thinking about from a from a perspective of how does my work matter to the company? Like what I'm writing, mm-hmm. is it even going to be used? Is this just going to be thrown away the next day? And I mean, you still have that risk anytime that you're working in software, but here I think it's a lot lower just because of the process that we use. So what this process looks like is every quarter, every uh, team has a set of goals that they make. So it's usually three goals and those goals are directly tied in some way or another to the company's larger goals. So the company sets goals per year. And then every team has smaller goals that surround those to help the company ultimately achieve um, what it needs to in that year. But it's really nicely broken down into very measurable things that you can achieve. So depending on the team that you're on, um, they could be metrics-based. So maybe a certain percentage increase in this feature that you're using. Uh, We want to see more users using that. It can also be just a punch list of technical items that need to be done. So maybe like uh, on my team, we're working on getting backup providers in place um, for some of our systems just to have redundancy. And those just go on punch lists of like, get this system Mm -hmm. in place, get this project done. 
So there's a variety of them. The um, really rewarding part of that process is every quarter you get a chance to stop and celebrate the work that you've done, but also focus on like what the next quarter is going to hold. So there's always like something to celebrate, but also something to look forward to. And it really just gives you a very, it's just a very rewarding process overall. At least I find it to be. And the other nice thing is if you hit two out of the three goals that you have planned for that quarter, then you get an additional bonus and it's a team bonding bonus. So at the end of the quarter, you get a certain budget where you and your team can do some kind of activity. It's typically, we prefer it to be in person, but with COVID lately, you know, in-person things are much harder to come by. So, uh, but those can vary widely. Um, It really just depends on what your team wants to do. One example of a project that, or a an activity that my team did was we did a cooking class in San Francisco and that was in person pre-COVID. It was like, uh, I want to say 2019 at some point. And that it was really great. Fun. We made Spanish food together <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. So that's just, there's a lot of good things that come out of reaching those goals and actually getting to celebrate them. I really like that. I will tell you that one of the things that drove me nuts early on being a freelancer was I think I worked on like five or six different projects and only one of them ever saw the light of day. I, I love that it's like, hey, we're going to give you work that actually is going to get used. Yeah. And I'm also all about the people. So the, the get together sounds super fun, too. The other nice thing is you get a really quick turnover. So if you find that in the terms of like those kinds of projects where mm-hmm. this isn't working, then the next quarter you can reevaluate and say, look, this isn't working. We're going to take a different approach. So it gives right. you like really early and often you can assess those types of directions. That makes, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. To add on to what Sarah said, too, all, all these teams that we have are very small. So, like, I would feel like at most six engineers on a team, and it, even that would be a lot. Yeah. And it makes it just so easy to both work with your coworkers, but also, like, see what you're working on, right? Like, especially if you're coming from a... Con- I come from a consultancy before this. And so product work is definitely new to... Or was new to me. <laughs> uh, no longer is now, but uh, there's that worry of you get in on focusing on a product that either doesn't see legs or is just overwhelmed because companies' products can shift as the company evolves. And so, I mean, Doximity is much more stable than maybe its earlier days. But, you know, that's definitely something to, that I was looking out for joining the the product feature development of the software world. And I, I've been happily surprised that you don't really lose that agility that you get coming from mm-hmm. consultancies or or even just smaller companies. And a lot of the downsides of the consultancy work are, are just gone, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I can think of a few of those just being in the middle of that myself. But yeah, <laughs> I hear you. And yeah, six seems like about the right team size just given my own experience. Let's back up just for a second and talk about what Doximity does, because I think that'll be interesting or important to the context here as far as, okay, so we kind of have this broader vision, but building toward what or what, you know, what does it do? Am I going to take that one, Valentino, or are you? (laughs) If you don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I can take this one. So we are a medical network for doctors, and I don't have any script here, so forgive me if I forget any important thing. But basically what we do is we allow doctors to communicate with each other, but also the ability to communicate with their patients. So we have a lot of different products that we support. So like I'm on our telehealth team. So we have 
like voice and video and texting capabilities that patients can or physicians can connect with their patients. Um, but there's also other things like we have a, a really great news platform that tailors news to physicians. So it's things that they're interested in. It's not, you know, like just any kind of news on like Google or whatever. It's medical news that's tailored to their specialty. And then nice. there's um, the networking, just networking aspects, being able to call with each other on our platform and communicate securely with each other. And we've also got like other features too that are peripheral to that. Like we have a faxing tool that they can use because faxing is a very big thing in the medical space uh, that you find out is just used so often. Vaxing is not going away very quickly. And uh, other things too, like uh, scheduling managing or schedule management. We have a, we have a um, application that we call Amion that physicians use to see their schedule for the week and a lot of other things. What else am I missing, Valentino? I, I know we have, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to think of, I think you got covered most of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, we have, we have a lot of like recruiting, talenting portions, you know, right. any ends of a doctor's life and their workday, their, even their education. We have an entire platform for engaging in people coming out of residency schools, helping them choose their residency schools. Once they graduate, they start looking for certain kinds of resident or uh, post-residency. So like when they're looking for new jobs, even that whole process, we kind of built tools around helping them in each step of the way. And then primarily, uh, most of our drive is helping doctors do the best job that they can and helping their patients in the best way that they can. And so a lot of our tools are focused on that, right? Like as Sarah said, helping them communicate better with the, our dialer app or messaging securely, being able to share confidential information securely uh, in a HIPAA compliant way. We, we've kind of enabled that entire process and, and make it really easy for them to do this without getting too much in their way, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the whole thing is you don't want to be wasting a doctor's time with too much stuff or burdening them with, they have plenty of tools from other companies that maybe be burdening them that we're trying to help alleviate some of that right. for off their plate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I bet it sounds like it's 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 got a bunch of core business features and then adds in the other pieces that people are going to need that, yeah, your business isn't going to go away if you don't have these, you know, like the scheduling and stuff. But at the same time, it's really nice to be able to consult with other doctors or, yeah, I, that, that makes a ton of sense. And for me, at least, you know, that feeling that what I'm doing matters to the people that use it, that that's another thing that is has been important to me where I wind up working. And so I'm sure you get some level of, uh, I want to say fulfillment, but I know, I don't know if that's the right word from that. Yeah. You know, one thing we, every week we have like kind of a company wide, like recap of what we're working on and what's been working. And, and in that we get press and feedback from the people using all of our different products. And it's really great because you get to see kind of a snapshot of, oh, like this doctor likes this particular feature. It's actually saved them time. Or mm -hmm. in some cases, even like has saved a patient's life, like from one doctor being able to get a prescription in time to another doctor or something like that. And we get that feedback every week. Like, so here are all these great things that are happening from you building the network, right? And building these features. And it doesn't happen all the time, right? Like not, my features right. don't like, 
I don't get to see that direct impact like in real time, <laughs> you know, but every once in a while it'll come up and it's just like, it is super rewarding to see how your work is mm-hmm. paying off. Rewarding. That was the word I was looking for. Yeah. I, I love it. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, I've had experiences too, where somebody's told me that something I did changed their life. Right. And it, it really does. It makes a big, big difference. I think it's particularly rewarding getting to be on telehealth. A lot of the feedback that we get is about our dialer product. And it's and it's so fun to listen to and just see like the impact that, that you've had. Like uh, one of the features that we, we got to work on is a, just a dialer on desktop. Like it was before just dedicated to the mobile app. But we moved it to desktop and we're getting all sorts of feedback from our physicians. Like I can like clear some space on my desk, like get rid of that phone because I can make all my phone calls from my nice. computer now. So, and like just being able to so much more easily get in touch with their patients and also from the patient side of just getting to hear about that connection, con- getting connected with their doctor, because a lot of the struggles that come with telehealth visits is like, I have to install like XYZ product on my phone or on my computer and then I have to figure out how to like get to the link in my email and then to get to this product and get them to my call. But we, from the beginning, designed it so that it was as simple as just mm-hmm. clicking a link and the, then the patient's on the call. They don't have to install anything. And that's made it a lot, a lot more accessible for patients, especially of like the older generation where they might have a smartphone, but they don't know how to get all the apps on there. It's just like, just click the link that you were given and it just opens right up. So we've gotten a lot of feedback about particularly being able to, physicians being able to get into, especially those more high risk age groups and around like COVID to allow them to have telehealth visits from home so that they don't get exposed to an illness that could potentially be fatal for them. So there's, there's definitely just so much reward in being able to work on a product like that. I'll bet. So we've kind of talked about the environment and, you know, kind of the goal oriented and that your work's going to get used, how fulfilling it is to to help other people, how rewarding it is to to do something that matters. But that's not always enough to get people to stick around for three to five years, right? So what is it? What is it that makes you stick around for five years beyond maybe some of the things we already talked about? Yeah, I mean, I could speak to that for sure. You know, there's a kind of underlying fabric at Doximity of being straight and open. We have like a hashtag straight talk that is passed around quite a lot. And it it comes down all the way from management. Like I personally have, we have these gatherings at the end of every quarter, not so much in the past year or so. But at the end of every quarter, we typically will travel as a group to a destination we call an offsite. Mm -hmm. And I've spoken with the upper management, the CEO our COO, a lot, even like directors of of engineering, like, you know, you get to talk with all these people at a very down to earth level and just, you know, talk about what's working, what's not working, what, what's new in your lives. And I mean, it definitely, it solves a lot of problems that I've had in past jobs where there's like a disconnect, right? Like Mm -hmm. even on a, a, a level of engineering level, where it can cause a divide where maybe one person may look down on the other just indirectly from having those levels. And ha- having kind of like the straight talk, open discussion from the top down just kind of eliminates that and puts everybody on the same level. Everybody's opinion ha- really matters. You talk with somebody that has a lot of say in the company and that 
you don't ex- expect them to react or implement any of the opinions that you're giving. But a lot of times it can, and it mm-hmm. seems to have a, a real impact on ev- from everybody. And it, that to me has, has definitely ma- secured my position here where I'm not, cause I'm not seeking that, uh, that, and that's such a huge part for me of a, of a job is being able to communicate effectively with everybody in the company that you that it would matter for you that you're working there. I don't know that that's definitely been a huge driver for me is the open communication and and access really of management of d- ideas even if you have an idea for a technology that w- you might think is missing in the stack, you know, people are open to hearing about it and and investigating it in some time it's not nothing is really just swept under the rug and be like okay yeah you know that's a thing maybe we can look at it at some point i think probably a good word for it would be egoless where everybody is willing to consider what's like the best solution here and the best solution is not necessarily the idea i came up with it's probably going to be somebody else's idea actually and i think that's that's something that is really embedded in the culture and uh, it, especially the engineering culture here is, I think, one of the one of the things that I find most valuable as well. Because when you're a software engineer, like continual learning is what you're doing. You're just always learning about something new, and you've got to have a culture that's like has enough psychological safety that you can ask like quote unquote stupid questions. And I'm pretty sure I've ask my fair share of stupid questions <laughs> You've but nobody's given me yeah exactly <laughs> nobody has ever given me a hard time about it though um, i'm with you there. usually they're and usually they're really gentle about like okay pretty much everybody here already knows this but you know here's here's where here's where you can find this information for this answer for this question and so yeah that's one of the valuable things i find too is just the engineering culture here is is fantastic and so great to support growing um, and learning more. Yeah, to, to add on to that, that's, that's another thing is that information is just available. If you want to know how, you know, XYZ works, we have this huge kind of encyclopedia of information for technologies, for how teams work, why a product exists. And it's really great to just be able to even point somebody at something and say, hey, this is how it works. Here's a history of why this feature is there. If you're curious, take a look. You know, we've we've even had, you know, incidences happen where we did kind of like a, a retrospective of of the incident and what happened and why it happened and actions that we took to fix it or to mitigate certain circumstances uh, or performance uh, reasons. And it's great. You can go and look at the whole history and see how the incident started and why it did and how we fixed it and see the great performance improvements that were done by great people on the team. And you get to learn all of that without having to kind of interrupt somebody's day even. And it's great to just have access to, to, you know, that level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The internal wiki, that was one of the first things that really impressed me when I first came to Doximity was like, Holy cow, you guys have like, all the history of Doximity written down. And this was coming from an experience of going from a company that had a lot of turnover and very mm-hmm. little like people people left and their knowledge left with them. And so you have no history of how this thing came to be to coming to Doximity where it's like, I pretty much have all of those answers at hand or the person who made it still works here. 
like they've been here for seven years or since the company started right. and they have that history. Um, so it's just been fantastic. Yeah. I love that too, where, and, and this was a poignant thing. My last full-time job was at Morgan Stanley and yeah, I mean, there were some political things going on and stuff, but yeah, they, they started losing people who had institutional knowledge and it made it really hard because then it was, okay, wh- why is this this way? Uh, or what is even going on here sometimes, right? And it, it was it was really tough. We had a legacy app that was bit, built in Groovy on Grails, which is a technology that nobody's <laughs> sticking around yeah. new. And, you know, so all of those things became issues. And, and it's really helpful, yeah, to either have somebody to ask or to know where to go to get the answers. And uh, it it's refreshing to me to see a company actually pay attention to that, right? Because it's not usually something that's done. Definitely. Yep. And it's very rewarding to add to that wiki mm-hmm. too, because you're adding to something that's like actively used and searched. And we have this um, system where people can subscribe to the article. So you'll get updates if it changes at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, you can endorse it. And so I've written a couple of articles that people have endorsed and you get an email that tells you, hey, so-and-so endorsed your article. And oh, your hair looks great today. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> it really is great. Yeah, makes sense. I go for the low ha- uh, low maintenance haircut. <laughs> yep. Anyway, one other thing that I know people are going to be wondering if along the lines of whether Doximity is the right fit for them is, you know, how competitive are the salaries and what do the benefits look like and stuff like that. And... I know salaries are usually considered by companies to be proprietary information, but are you finding that they're competitive? And then, yeah, on the benefits, are there nice things about the benefits beyond what's there that people kind of latch on to as, I really like this and so I'm going to stay? So in terms of salaries, I personally find it to be a very competitive, very appealing for you know as little as we can say about that. Um, right. But no, I think they definitely put out very competitive offers to to the folks who work here. In terms of the other benefits um, that we have, you know, we've got the typical health insurance coverage and, uh, well, typical, I say it's like 100% paid for for the employee. The premiums are 100% paid. There's, we just recently added a, I'm looking for the list that we made, Valentino, so I can actually give a more <laughs> coherent, coherent explanation of all of the benefits. We recently added a monthly wellness credit so Doximity will cover, I think it's uh-huh. $100, like 100 bucks yeah. per month to go to any kind of wellness thing. So it could be like a gym membership. It could be a massage. It could actually be just like getting your haircut or your nails done or something. So it's like a really big category of things that they'll cover. Um, you had me a massage. I know, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm looking forward on the calendar. to that one. <laughs> <laughs> what else there's there's like so many other like little things kind of like the wellness yeah um, i mean uh, adding on to what you said sarah we have very competitive health and dental and all that where i see doximity kind of coming up a leg on some of the other companies out there at least when i was looking five years ago (laughs) i mean they keep adding all the time you know every year they reassess and then we send out you know, how are we doing kind of the management sends out how are we doing email? What do you think can improve? And it seems every year they react to that and add 
what people are missing. I'm thinking back when I first joined, uh, we didn't have a 401k match. Yep. And now they match that. They The wellness credit wasn't there. You know, that's a new introduction this year. And people are, they say, this is something that I would really enjoy. And they add it. They really do do a great job. One of the other things that, since we're a remote first company, mm-hmm. which I would say a majority of our engineers now are remote. Mm-hmm. I feel like even get a majority of the, the employees are remote at this point. But, you know, we, we have a lot of benefits to kind of cater to that, where you get, yeah, when you join a, you know, office setup budget, mm-hmm. you know, you get, we have a new program called, we call Docs Diners, where you get a monthly stipend to meet up with people from Doximity that are close by. And, you know, you get a budget to, you know, go have lunch or hang out. And we even give uh, one of the, one of the really great kind of small perks that I like is, uh, you know, every, every, I feel like every quarter, and maybe, I don't know the d- frequency, but we have something called Cash Cupid where you can kind of give a spot bonus to a coworker that you think has done like above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just an email and it's uh, anonymous and you can give feedback. And every time the feedback you get is just like, you know, it's more rewarding than the, the cash reward, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's, it's really great. Like there's a bunch of small things kind of just baked in that give you a little perk where you're like, whoa, hey, that's nice. Yeah. I want to highlight uh, Doc's Diners uh, because I think this one in particular I find exciting because uh, based in Ohio, there's maybe about, uh, I want to say maybe we're up to seven Ohioans now. Most are okay, I'm going to press Columbus. pause real quick because you, you mentioned <laughs> remote first. You said Ohio. Where are you based, Valentino? I'm in uh, upstate New York now. Okay. And the company's based in San Francisco, if I remember right. Yes. So it really doesn't matter that you're all the way across the country. No. All right. Back to Doc Steiners. Go ahead. (laughs) One of the great things about Doc Steiners is that you get to mingle with people that you wouldn't ordinarily. So if you're in an area that has not just engineers, but also like salespeople, gives you an opportunity to talk to somebody on the sales side of the house, which doesn't happened naturally with like our offsite cadence usually offsites especially when you're in r&d are focused on r&d and engineering people and you don't get a lot of interaction especially because companies gotten so big it used to be when it was smaller and it was before my time that the offsites were the entire company and so you would have more opportunities to mingle from people all across the different sectors of the company so that i think is kind of a cool thing about the doc steiners is you get to meet people from those other areas it really sounds like they do a lot to kind of cut through the bureaucracy that you wind up with when companies grow i mean that was definitely one thing that i've seen at some of the bigger companies that i've worked for is just it's like well i know my boss i've heard of my boss's boss and i'll talk to him if there's a problem and that's it and it sounds like you know and i don't talk to anybody in any other department unless it's hey the app's busted how, when are you going to fix it? Right. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it sounds really kind of nice to be able to say, Oh, well, what's it like? Where you're, what you're doing? And then to be able to get a feel for what's going on around and to be at a place where they kind of value your contributions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, to add a, another thing, I, I just thought of life happens and things happen as you're working mm-hmm. there and. People are just so understanding, like especially management. If something comes up in your life and you are having issues, like they really care and want to work with you. 
I know that it, you can check out on Doximity's blog, you know, some kind of stories from some of our coworkers where things they were great enough to share their story where, you know, they just had something come up in their life and, you know, they needed to take a step back and, you know, we're just fully supported in that. And, you know, they're back now and everything, thankfully, is better for them. But having seeing that support uh, is, is definitely huge. And thankfully, I haven't needed it. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a, a huge perk in my eyes to see that it's there if I need it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, also to follow on that. It's it's nice because you have a, a flexibility with your schedule. So sort of to touch on something, Chuck, that you mentioned, like I'm based in Ohio. The company is all the way in San Francisco. But I have the opportunity to set my own schedule within limitations. Like you have to have a five-hour overlap with HQ. And that's just to facilitate having meetings with people who are in San Francisco and in the Eastern time zone. Um, So everybody is available during a certain time window. But within that, like I can set my own schedule so long as I'm, you know, meeting my own goals and contributing what I need to. Like if I need to take a midday break to go run an errand. It's no big deal. Um, oftentimes, depending on what's going on, I may not even necessarily need to like notify anybody formula- formally. I might just set a Slack status to let people know that I'm away from my keyboard or something. But for the most part, it's really, really fe- flexible. And also, I've found that people have been really respectful of like my time zone. So if um, you know somebody in San Francisco is working on something, it might be the end of the day for them, maybe four or five o'clock. But here it's like seven or eight and I'm maybe uh-huh. either in the middle of dinner or, you know, chatting with my husband or just I'm out of work. Like I'm, I'm done right. for the day and I rarely get messages from people just asking me stuff or trying to get my attention outside of work hours unless it's like a real emergency, which is very, very rare. Yeah, I'll definitely heavily plus one that being on the East Coast, working for a, a West Coast company, mm-hmm. you know, you think, oh, like, I'm going to have a lot of late nights ahead of me. It's just been the complete opposite of that. And, you know, we have people, we even have one guy uh, in France, and he makes it work and doesn't have any issues. Uh, he's been here a while as well. But definitely adding on to that, like, there are just so many people from all over the world working here. It's kind of incredible. And definitely adds, in my mind, a, a perk in that you get experience working with so many different kinds of people from all over. And it's just a kind of an incredible thing. Yeah. So I, I'm a little bit curious, you know, are there parts of the job that aren't as great? I mean, really, it's stupid stuff like anywhere else, yeah. right? Like, yep. for me anyway, <laughs> you know, it would be like a bug keeps resurfacing that, mm-hmm. you know, I'm having a hard time solving. Yeah, yeah. Those (laughs) those are usually the things that people (laughs) run into. Is like the systemic stuff that that people run into are, you know, a lot of the things that you've already talked about that they've pretty much solved. Or there's a team member that's just toxic to the team that they won't get rid of, or things like Mm -hmm. that. Right? Those are the kinds of systemic things that come up. But it sounds like you either haven't encountered those, or they got solved in a way that you didn't even bring them up. And then you've got, yeah, the rest of it's all kind of the, yeah the messy interpersonal stuff that it's like, yeah, the guy chews too loud or something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're remote, so you don't even have that. I don't know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think what it is is a lot of the problems are are kind of remedied <laughs> by the way that the mentality is going into mm-hmm. it, right? Like if you, the mentality of Doximity is, you know, be open and straight talk 
about what any issues are. Mm-hmm. And because it's open and you're speaking right. directly to the issues that you know, you can set ways to resolve them. So like just thinking back, uh, you know, I've had a problematic PM before that had the extreme deadlines that were set and they were prod- brought up in one of our retrospectives that the tight deadlines were becoming too stressful to the team and mm-hmm. ended up, you know, blocking things from happening a, a specific way. And that they were we thought more about what our deadline should be and we resolved that with the team and it was not at any fault of the PM. Right. It was the fault of the requirements that we had at the time. And so we, it's less of, Hey, this person did this thing and more of, Hey, we had this problem. How can we solve it differently? And that makes just everything go away that becomes a problem on that personal level because it's more about the work and less about somebody, how somebody is doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of taken across the board, I think. So a lot of those issues that I've had in the past working at, uh, I've worked in an advertising agency early on. And that is just, uh, if anybody's worked in an advertising agency, I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> high stress environment. <laughs> it's very high stress. You know, lots of, <laughs> lots of extra hours, weekends over pizza, right? Like with your coworkers, which, you know, may sound nice at first, but when you're trying to spend it with somebody else, <laughs> you can only work so much in a week, but that, mentality all those issues that i've of overworking are just not really here and if that ever does come up and somebody does feel overworked like that is taken seriously and is remedied like people care about other people here Mm -hmm. Uh, and i hate to like keep harping on kind of that core but uh, it is very true in most every way in my experience at least yeah. Yeah. I think I think that is that is the reason why Valentino and I were just kind of drawing blanks when you asked of like what's what's horrible to work here? Why is it <laughs> what's the bad thing? Is because those the bad things aren't they don't like linger and turn into like huge problems that then systemically become a problem in the company. Instead you have a lot of opportunities to bring them up. So like Valentino mentioned mentioned retrospectives. Every team has retrospectives. So there's a lot of opportunities to talk about like inner team issues. And then there's even just the straight talk, you know, mm-hmm. company value that we have, which I think people do use to to the betterment of the company of, you know, just being honest about here's what's going on. But then the flip side of that, of people taking that seriously mm-hmm. and actually taking action on those problems. So, yeah, what problems do crop up usually are taken care of right away. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I heard in in all of that between both of you is that they encourage you to bring this stuff forward. But the other thing that I heard, and this is something that's always driven me crazy at some of the, the companies where it was an issue, was it sounds like you guys have a lot of team autonomy, right, mm-hmm. where you're at, right? So if the team needs to solve a problem, they need to solve it. And if the team A wants to do something different from team B, that's fine, right? more more focused on the outcomes and the goals than on the the egos or the some of the other things that come into play and so because of that because the team can operate the way it needs to it really does enable you to kind of solve your own issues in a way that makes sense to the people involved and 
I mean, I've been at a couple of places where it was like, no, you will operate this way. You will do things this way. And for that particular team that I was on, sometimes it worked and sometimes it really didn't. And if we could have just tweaked a couple of things, we would have been fine and we would have been mostly in line with the way the company operated. But it sounds like, yeah, you all have a really open idea of what what the possibilities are and then what you can do with it, right? Where you can take it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's really nice because you can like set up your team to operate the way it needs to because mm-hmm. every team is different. It's comprised of different people. And the same thing that solved it for one team, especially from different technical aspects, like just workflow in particular, because like the mobile team, for example, our mobile teams have a different workflow entirely than the web dev teams do just because of the release cycle that has to happen with releasing version upgrades to Android or iOS. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we talk a lot on Ruby Rogues about auto formatting code (laughs) and such. And my favorite. (laughs) Doximity is definitely like a team thing where, you know, we do have some kind of code auto formatting done and in place, but it's a small, much smaller group of people deciding what those rules are. And we kind of inherit from a higher level company wide standard that you can override and change to be whatever the team and group of Mm -hmm. six people. And when you do it that way, it just makes things to me so much more pleasant to work with. I think it, it makes it work, right? I think that's actually a good example of something like a problem that was recently worked on because that code auto formatting library was starting to, you know, get very opinionated and teams (laughs) were like, we don't do things that way here, but there's some things that do need to be standardized across the company. So somebody, one of our engineers on the security side, he uh, took that project up and he's like, so here's the things that are core to the company, got a tech proposal, got buy-in. And so, and then he made those changes, updated our code formatting tool, and now, and then made it in such a way that teams can make their own rules around that for their own specific needs. And they don't have to enforce that or enforce it on any other team. This is, this is a great segue, I think, into one of probably the greatest perks I, I feel like we have is Hack Day. <laughs> oh, nice. I've and always it, loved having Hack Day at the wor- places that did it. Yeah. And I mean, this, this, what Sarah was talking about with the, the redirection of our auto formatting hierarchy, uh, was a, a result of a hack day effort. And we just have so much great stuff that comes out of hack days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, we even have products that come out of hack days, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. we, we have this product called Roundsy, which basically lets you have group video chats and it shuffles them around over, a certain amount of time. So, you know, after you can s- configure it yourself, but you know, you can drop in a video chat with a group of people. They just share a link and it'll divide them up into groups of however many that you want them to be. Uh, and then after so often, maybe 10 minutes, it shuffles everybody around. And so you can get a, a great experience kind of uh-huh. meeting your coworkers in small groups with a large number of people. So this has actually been great for our offsites where, hey, like we have this remote offsite where we go and everybody comes together and, you know, looks at kind of a, a bit broader retrospective. But I'm online a little bit early. Does anybody want to grab a coffee? 
here's a Rousey link. And, you know, people start coming in as the Rousey keeps going on and then shuffles around. You get to meet more people. Like, I've met a ton of there's because, you know, as a company grows, it's so right. easy to lose track of who, who even you work with. Right. But it definitely breaks that down. And I, I say I know a lot more people than I would otherwise, for sure. Just from a hack day project that somebody whipped together. Makes sense. I really, I really love that. There's so much to dig into there, but we're kind of getting toward the end of time. And I wanted to ask one other question and then we'll make sure that people remember to go check out work at doximity.com. And that is the technical decisions, right? So you mentioned that there are some technical decisions that come from the company and some that come from the team. And that makes a lot of sense to me, right? It's like, we don't want team A using Vue.js, team B using React.js and good luck making them talk to each other, right? So some of those decisions are going to be made app-wide or company-wide. Who makes those decisions and what does your stack look like? So the who makes the decisions varies based on the decision that you're making. So like on the, for example, I'm on the telehealth team, we're broken down into like four different teams. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of those teams deals with like enterprise integrations, which means they could touch a variety of product across all the other teams. So and we're all working in the same code base. So things about like standardizing how we write APIs or our documentation or how we write specs um, are all conversations that we have to have within the team. So um, typically how, how we manage problems that come up or growth in the application is we have a regular weekly meeting with uh, the tech leads, including myself. And we talk about like what's going on that week. What are we working on to try and like avoid any technical conflicts, but also address those issues that come up. Like, how do we solve this? Like, I've run into this recently, and we need something more app-wide to solve it. And that's where we can have those discussions. And then we just pull people in as needed. And also, sometimes product needs to weigh in. So we'll bring in product people as well into that conversation. We regularly have like a tech and product meeting as well to talk about those kinds of things and try and stay in sync. So it really varies um, depending on the decision. And if it's just a team thing, then that engineer who's working on it may very well have the autonomy to choose to do whatever they want in that situation. Yeah. And for higher level stuff too, we actually have a great blog post on our technology blog, technology.doximity.com mm-hmm. that goes into how we came to adopt Vue.js. And the process was kind of widespread. And, you know, we actually weighed many different technologies and frameworks for that. And that was broken down, like Sarah said, w- amongst the team leads to try and experiment as a kind of a sprint effort. And then each of those was collected from team leads of what worked and what didn't, what they liked, and what didn't. And, you know, ultimately, our, our CEO, you know, gathered together all of that and, and made the decision to go with Vue.js. But, you know, it definitely is a group effort across the company for any huge technology decisions, even. And, so, and even small ones, like if we were to adopt Elixir for something, you know, mm-hmm. that could happen and it would start, you know, small and spread across teams uh, if we were to share that adoption. Right. The tool that I forgot to mention that facilitates um, a lot of these decisions is um, tech proposals um, or in needs assessments. So needs assessments like assess there's this condition, there's these problems here. And we need to solve this. And it gives other groups an opportunity to weigh in and like, oh, I also have this problem. So you can fully assess like all of the needs. And then there's the tech proposals where usually one engineer takes a problem and runs with it, writes out what needs to happen. And then once that's written, 
they get feedback from other engineers on the team or the other teams that it might impact to get buy-in for that thing. Very cool. It sounds like there's a nice process to it too, right? So it's not just this ad hoc, no, we really, really want to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep, it's very methodical, um, but not overbearing, I think. Right. They still have yeah. that autonomy. Yeah, and it's and it, I would say, most importantly, it's asynchronous, right? Like, people contribute as they can. And so the documents evolve over time that document what what decisions are being made, what issues people have with something. And there's, there's definitely not like a, oh, we have five meetings this week to discuss this topic, right? I've <laughs> it's, been there. It's... The meetings are very much not encouraged for a lot of things like tech proposals, right? Where it should be a much long form asynchronous task where people contribute where they can and people can see the full history of right. action items or questions that people have at any time, really. That, yeah, makes sense. All right. Well, why should somebody come work at Doximity? Let's, let's just wrap it up there. You know, if if somebody's looking, why should they be thinking about doximity as opposed to whoever else is out there? For me, I would say stability amongst a lot of things, but also growth. If you're trying to grow into a, a role that you don't think that you would be encouraged to, or maybe uh, you don't think exists, doximity is great for cultivating that. And mm-hmm. You know, we have plenty of documents and management is really helpful in help guiding you and showing you kind of what options are available. Uh, we have documents for leveling and even just direction wise far, you know, long down the road. Do you want to be an individual contributor? Do you want to go into management? Mm -hmm. You know, we have hierarchies for what that looks like, what, what jobs people do that are tech leads like Sarah. All of that is documented and and encouraged to look at and process. And your manager will definitely help guide you along that process. Yep, I agree with that. There's definitely a lot of opportunity for growth. And I think there's also just a lot of opportunity to work on all the different uh, technologies that we have. So we didn't get to touch on our... our actual tech technology stack. But you can learn more about that on technology.doximity.com, our blog. Um, and you can see all the things that we touch on. But Ruby on Rails, obviously, is one of those things. But we also have products that use Kafka, GraphQL, Vue.js, of course. Um, so we've got a lot of really cool things to work on that you get exposure to here. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm just going to encourage people to go check it out. It's work at, just the two words run together, work at dot doximity.com and it lists all of their open positions you can go see where you think you'll fit in i mean obviously we're posting this to ruby rogues and they're looking for ruby developers but yeah go have a look and see what's available because it sounds like a terrific place to work it sounds like they'll support folks i'm big on the remote thing so that's a big plus too so yeah go check them out one more time that's work at dot doximity.com well thank you both for coming and chatting with us until yeah, next thanks, time Chuck. folks Max out. My pleasure. Thank you.